This podcast is sponsored by Luke1977. If you fancy getting yourself any gear from over there, please do go and use the code MAX20 for 20% off. Right, hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. Hope you're all well. Hope you're having a good start to your week. We're on talking about a win, Simon. Firstly, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Feeling feeling good after um, after a really good win on Friday night. So, yeah, I'm not too bad. Always good. Always so much better coming on after a win, isn't it? And after the podcast that we did last week, talking about all things Stevenage and how depressing that was, it's so much nicer to come on and just talk about a win. So I'm looking forward to this one, mate. It should be a good one. People, listen. Listening. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do so you never ever miss an episode. Uh, we're still early in the sort of podcast journey. We're really enjoying it and we are always getting good feedback as well. So do subscribe on whatever platform uh, you are listening on to never miss an episode. Leave a review. If you do go on to enjoy the podcast, five star reviews are very, very much appreciated. Like I said, we are very much enjoying the podcast. Nice and chill. So it's audio only for us. So we don't have to worry about what we look like, which I normally do when I'm doing YouTube videos. So I can't complain. I am really enjoying it. So let's talk about leads, mate. Let's get started straight into it. I absolutely love a Friday night game. Like I, I don't know what it is. I think, I mean, obviously only when you win, but it just sets up your weekend, doesn't it? It just puts you in an absolutely belting mood. You can watch the weekend's football without worrying, really. I love a Friday night game. You can go either one or two ways, can't you? I mean, you, you either win and it sets your weekend up and you know you've got them points in the bag like we did on Friday, which was great, or you can go the other way when you sort of, you know, you're kicking your heels for the whole weekend because you haven't picked up a decent result. But no, Friday was good. Um, I think, as you mentioned, you know, on the podcast last week, we were talking about how dismal we were against Stevenage and we were talking about how we needed a, a big a big response, really. And um, I think we got that. I think we got that, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm sure we'll go into more detail. But no, I think um, I think we did well. And it was it was it set the weekend up nicely, getting those three points in the bag early, especially with teams around us then sort of picking up points um, ahead of us. So we, we needed that win, really, just to keep up keep up pace really I went out in um, Digbeth after the game I haven't been there for a while actually but I, I just it just sets up your weekend brilliantly and that Friday night was wicked I went to um, NQ64 you ever been there? I have yeah I went there I, don't, I think it was last summer I think I went there yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good place retro games and old PlayStation 1s with FIFA 98 on it all the all the stuff from 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 the childhood so yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's it's class yeah it's wicked if no one if people haven't been there it's basically like so I said like an arcade where you get drinks and stuff loads of retro games it's absolutely quality digbus good man like it's yeah. it's just full of like hidden gems isn't it like you turn a corner i went there on saturday night as well I just turn a corner and there's just like class place it's just out of the blue it is really really good i, I love digbus i do it's it's just all that construction they need to sort out it's been under digbus been under construction for about 10 years or so it's getting there though it's getting there the pavements are getting bigger <laughs> it's taking a while it, look, it never looks like there's any work going on to me so hopefully if someone works on the construction works in digbus they can let me know that it is actually going to plan because it's just a mess down there. But it is good. It's very good. Walking down that main drag, isn't it? You're like walking through cages yeah. and there's just like diggers all over the road and it is chaos. So hopefully that's close to uh, sorting <laughs> itself out. But yeah, what a night. Um, we, we did expect a reaction, didn't we? We talked about it in the video. We talked about mm. um, getting a reaction after that Stevenage game. And it just sums up being a Villa fan, doesn't it? The roller coaster of one week beating Tottenham at their place and then losing to Stevenage at home and then obviously winning against Leeds. It's the age-old question though, isn't it? In terms of the players feeding off the fans and the fans feeding off the players. Is, is one of them but team news pretty much as expected wasn't it I think obviously Jacob Ramsey coming back in he got what 20-30 minutes against Stevenage but didn't really do too much um, he didn't really do too much in this game either but it was nice to see him come back in wasn't it and obviously uh, new sign and Alex Moreno was on the bench but a couple of changes but it, that, that was our pretty much strongest team going into it not too many surprises was there yeah I think yeah, it was, it was what we expected I don't think we had that many options obviously with McGinn being out and Dendonka being out um, 
and a couple of others being out as well. I don't think we had a lot of options, and so I think that was probably the strongest team we could have played. And obviously, Moreno starting on the bench, and he came on a little bit earlier than probably he thought and the manager thought. But um, yeah, he came on. Yeah, in terms of Ramsey, I'm glad to see him back. I think we really missed him um, in those in those games straight after you know the World Cup break. Uh, I think he was feeling his way into it a little bit. He's definitely not at full fitness yet, but. Um, and he was he was he was a bit quiet, but there was a couple of moments when he sort of did those sort of famous sort of runs he does from midfield and dribbling with the ball. And I think having a ball carrier in the team is really important. And I do think we missed that um, when we came back after the World Cup. So to have JJ back, he's a yeah, it's a real real positive. Um, and so getting he, he, he had quite a few minutes in there. So getting those minutes into the legs will do him the world of good. And I'm sure he can have sort of a you know a strong second half of the season. Yeah, it's massive, him being back. It really is. I think he's one of our most important players. And like you said, he offers that something that nobody else really has, do they? And you noticed it in the yeah. Stevenage game. Like when when Who's going to grab the ball and run 30 yards at pace? Pace is so important mm. as well. We signed Moreno, who has got a little bit of pace around him. Watkins as well, Bailey, of course. But to have that pace with the ball, I think is so, so important. So great to see him back in there. And obviously he's going it's, to... It's, he's, it's been out for a while as well, by the way. He's obviously... Um, injured when we were in the Middle East in Dubai, wasn't he? And so that, that was yeah. a good while ago. So it's been a while for JJ, but it's fantastic him being back and he'll only get better, obviously, and we'll probably start next week against Southampton. Um, but mate, in the game, best possible start, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic. What an excellent, excellent goal that first one was. Yeah, it was a, it was just a blistering counter-attack, wasn't it? And I think I think we sort of took advantage of Leeds' frailties at the back. I think I've always said that Leeds are one of those sides where, you know, they... they they do attack well, but they they do leave those sort of gaps in you know in, in the defence, and we and we really took advantage of that. You know, we sort of burst 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 through them really, didn't we? Within a few passes, and Ashley Young with a great ball um, into Kamara, and then what a run from Kamara uh, fed Bailey, and Bailey did what he does best. He cuts back in onto his um, onto his left, and the. Uh, and, and and he strikes that ball right into the corner, and I was really pleased for Bailey actually because it's been a couple, tough couple of weeks for him. Um, obviously with the miss against Wolves, and he was getting a little bit of uh, flack, wasn't he? And um, and I think I think I think the proofs in the stats though for Bailey, I think he's one of our most he's been one of our most proficient players this season in terms of in terms of his you know his goals and, and his assists, and so he's he's a very important player for us, and I think we 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 need to we need to remember that, and so. Um, oh yeah, I was, I was really pleased for him, um, and, and what a start! Yeah, when when Leon Bailey signed for Villa, my mate, my German exchange partner, who I've known for years and years and years as a Bayer Leverkusen fan, and I asked a little bit about Leon Bailey because obviously we we all knew about him, but we hadn't watched him. And I thought I'd ask him because obviously he watched him week in week out for Leverkusen, and he said that he was inconsistent, which I know wingers are is that just wingers is that Bailey in particular but he has been hot and cold for Villa as well in the last sort of three weeks four weeks absolutely sums that up and I know you weren't massively keen on him in his first few weeks at Villa you were a bit skeptical and you just thought that you knew that he wasn't going to be a good player but what what do you make of him then because he's he's he is a tough one to watch I thought he was much much better against Leeds and obviously that early goal is fantastic for him but he he is hot and cold but it's just finding that consistency, isn't it? And is that ever going to happen with him? I'm not sure, but I think that's he's very much a confidence player as well, isn't he? Like wingers we've seen in the past, El Ghazi, massive confidence player, for example. I think Leon Bailey's along the similar sort of lines, but we've got that little bit more quality. And it's good to see him scoring goals as well. It really, really is. He always seems to pop up, doesn't he? And that goal against Leeds was absolutely brilliant. But I think he's finding his feet now, Leon Bailey, on that right-hand side. Yeah, I, I think injuries hampered him. I think in that season last year, he was, he was constantly picking up injuries and it didn't allow him to get that flow of games really and I would, and I think after his injuries he, he always used to come back and never quite look like he's got that yard of pace that we first saw when he first when he first came and that's why I was a bit skeptical he always seemed to 
like last season, he always seemed to play play in the game and not really have any sort of impact. And so that's that's why I was, you know, a bit sceptical about him, really. But, I mean, I mean, we talk about consistency, and, and you're right. I think wingers, they, they do tend to lack that consistency. But... I've got to give. I think I think we're doing a bit of a discredit to Bailey by saying he's been majorly inconsistent this season. I think, yeah, okay, he's had we had he had the miss against Wolves and he had the few missed chances against Liverpool. But on the whole, if you're looking for our squad this season and you think who's been the standout players in terms of you know getting goals and getting assists and being you know turning in that sort of seven or eight out of ten performance, I think Bailey's got to be up there. If I'm being honest, if I'm being totally honest, um, he's one of those that. We haven't got anybody else like him. I think he's so he's so unique in our team, isn't he? Because he has got that pace and he will run at teams. He sometimes makes the makes the wrong decision, and I think that's his that's his main problem for me. It's like he does the hard work and then he chooses not to lay it off to 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 one of his teammates and he loses the ball. And I think that's something he needs to work on. Uh, and there's times when you know he can um, he, he can be on his right foot, and uh, we all know that that's not his strongest foot, and he struggles there, but. I mean, on the whole, I think I think he's been very good this season. If I'm being honest, and uh, and at the moment, you wouldn't you wouldn't have him you wouldn't have him out of the team absolutely. And so, yeah, I think he's finding his feet definitely. Um, I think we're starting to see signs of that player that we signed from Leverkusen. I think it took a while. Injuries didn't help. The change of manager didn't help between Dean Smith and then to Gerrard. Um, and then obviously, he's had another change of manager. And but I get the I get the feeling that Unai Emery believes in him a little bit more than. Gerard probably did. I do find without him in the team, we don't have any pace whatsoever, really, apart from the bit of Watkins and we talk about Ramsey. I just think we don't have that. And yeah, I'm eating my words a little bit, which I'm really delighted for because if I criticise a player, I really want them to sort of, you know, sort, sort, sort of show me up a little bit. And I, I feel like he has done that. So fair, fair play to Leon. Yeah, I really like him. And I think it's really important to say that you're right. We don't have anybody else like him in the team, do we? And he's made 18 Premier League appearances this season, which is the same as what he did last year. And I think he was so impacted by injuries last year and getting a run in the team is so important. We've seen it with other players. For example, Buendia, he needs that run in the team, that consistent appearances to, to get up to speed and find his best form and I don't think Bailey's had that in the past but this season it looks like like you said Emery likes him and he can get that run in the team and he can stay fit which I think for him is is the most important thing but no I really like him and I think we can all agree that he's frustrating but four goals already this season two assists he only got one Premier League goal last year so he's getting there he's getting there and you know I, I don't mind him at all and I like to see him doing well and it's his, his best goal scoring year he got nine goals like I said he's got four already this season so he he could potentially get there. He could potentially get there and I'd like him to get there. But going back to that first goal, yeah, fantastic. I think the Kamara first touch is absolutely spot on. Even the Ashley Young pass to him before all of that, absolutely brilliant. And who knew Kamara had that? We all know him as that sort of calm, composed midfielder, but he's got that drive, hasn't he, as well? What a goal. Like, I've watched it about 50 times, mate. That first goal is absolutely brilliant. Looking at it first time, you think, oh, it might have been a bit of a lucky a lucky ball by Ashley Young, but I don't think he was. I think he I think he exactly meant it to get to Kamara. And it, mm. it was a great ball to Kamara. And then you're right, just he's driving run. And I think it helps because he's so comfortable on the ball, though, isn't he? Yeah. He's... he's he, he looks he's like a magnet to the ball his foot isn't it and it looks like he's he's never going to lose it and uh, it was like that little like, half turn he did as he got up towards yeah, up towards the goal and he obviously had Dean running to his left and Bailey running to the right and he chose the right option really because Dean had a bit more room than Bailey but yeah. if you're looking to score a goal you want it to fall to Bailey rather than rather than your left back don't you and so Kamara was just outstanding the whole the whole night he was absolutely outstanding and I think uh, 
he's just he's just some player, isn't he? I mean, how we got him on a free transfer, and yeah, he'd be on big wages because he was a, a free transfer. But so what? He's like for his age as well. He's in the top sort of bracket of of, of defence midfielders in the league, and uh, and yeah, and you hope he's with us for many years to come because he's absolutely brilliant. And I, it was exactly what we needed, wasn't it, Kamara? Yeah. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't put a foot wrong, has he? Re- realistically, he's been he's been so good and so consistent for someone for someone so young. I just think he's 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 really really top draw, um, and for him for us to be able to get him on a on a free transfer to Villa was 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 one of the was one of the coops of all time. I think I don't think he'll get talked about enough to be honest, and I think that's because he's at Aston Villa. But he is an absolute joke. Like he's so so good, and that's the sort of caliber of players we need to be getting and getting him on a free. I've, I don't know how many times I've said it, but he is absolutely incredible, and he's an absolute joy to watch as well. And he's that sort of player that we've needed in the midfield for years and years and years, and he's just a joy to watch. He's so consistent, which I don't think a lot of Villa players have been since I've been watching Villa. To be honest. Mm-hmm hard to find that that class but he is just one of the he's just a joke and I just hope that he can stay here for a very 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 long time but going forward then um later on in the game sort of what five ten minutes in fairly early on Luca Dean gets a, it doesn't look like a great injury I think it was a shoulder injury wasn't it um he's had a couple of issues with his shoulder in the past or his arm or whatever it was and that didn't look great but it allowed for Alex Moreno to come on didn't it? and what did you make of his debut because I actually thought he was very very decent I think it took him a little while to get into the game. Mm. I think he, I think yeah, he, he looked like he was. I think he looked like he struggled with the pace a little bit to start off with for those first five ten minutes. And I think the one where they rounded Martinez and uh, he cleared it off the line. I think it was a great clearance off the line, but it was his, it was his, it was his error to to, to, to play the man on. But to, be, to give credit to Moreno, he got back and made a, a great a great block. But yeah, I mean, on the whole, he then grew into the game. He looks very quick and. Um, quite agile and um, and he likes to obviously get in them attacking positions and he had a couple of chances himself to to get shots off and, and to get a goal and so on the whole I mean for your debut to be thrown in after only a few minutes and uh, and to play the whole game after probably only having what one one or two training sessions at max um, I think I think he did well overall really and he does give something different definitely and I think um, he's, he's different to Dean. He's like I say, he's he's a lot more attacking, isn't he? And he's quite comfortable being in that being in that attacking final third sort of thing. You can see that. And so yeah, hopefully he'll just go straight from from strength to strength. And it was probably a good job we did sign him. I think with with Dean's injury and obviously Augustinson getting getting injured against Stevenage, it looks like he's about to go back anyway. But um, I think with those injuries, it was a it was a good job we signed Moreno. Really, otherwise we'd we'd be struggling, especially with uh, Cash injured on the other side as well. We'd be we'd be sort of searching for fullbacks again. So yeah, I thought it was a positive debut. I really did. Uh, apart from the shaky first few minutes, which is to be expected, I think he was. I think he got through the game really well, and obviously helped out by his other defenders who I thought were top drawer as well. I thought Mings and Konza were excellent, um, and I think that's. Sometimes it's the influence Mings has. He sort of guides players through the game, and I think you, if you were watching it closely, you, you see Mings sort of giving him words of advice constantly about his positioning and you know when when to move up and when to when to sit back again. And um, I think that's what Mings does give you. And I think Mings has I think Mings has been excellent if, if I'm being honest this season. And I, I think especially since Emery's come, he's just moved up that level. And I thought he was I thought he was excellent on on Friday night and. Uh, and really, and really helps us. And you, you know how much of a big fan of Tyrone Mings I am, but 
I just keep saying it. We're just so, so much of a better team with him in it. I think he's been one of our players of the season, without doubt. Mm. I think he's definitely, definitely in the top three. And it's good to get him that consistency as well, because he has been a little bit up and down in the past. But on the whole, me and you, people listening, know that we like him and we really, really, really love him and gives that something that we don't have in the defence otherwise. That's why I think him and sort of Konsa work well together, because they sort of complement each other. Konsa's a little bit quieter and Mings is out there bellowing orders and chatting to everyone, a bit more blood and thunder. But yeah, really, really good against Leeds really good that back line and like you said Moreno took a little bit of time to get going for a player who had I think one training session on the Friday or the Thursday the day before the game to come in unexpected as well so early on in the game he did really well and like you said he gets forward doesn't he? he's got that pace and he almost had an opportunity or two to score towards the end so can't complain with him he'll probably get a run in the team now depending on how uh bad Luca Dean's injury is but that's I don't, I don't mind that at all because if we didn't sign him who on earth would we be playing left back now it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Ashley Young potentially with Cash coming back it might you know Young might have to move over there but with Augustinson's injury and him going back it, it wouldn't have been a, a pretty sight that but yeah happy days really really happy with Alex Moreno's debut can't complain with that that Martinez save talk to me about that a couple of minutes later absolutely stunning I think I think it's really good play actually by Leeds I think it was Tyler Adams that played it out wide to Luke Allen it's a really really good cross into that danger zone from him but what a save yeah it's you know what it's that moment of the game as well where you need you need your big players to stand up and you're right it was it was a great move by Leeds and I think they were really on top at that point and we mm. were sort of hanging on at 1-0 to try and get in at half time which was really important for the flow of the game I think for us it was really important to get in at 1-0 at half time um, and then yeah Martinez pulls off an absolute worldie and I think when you watch it he was sort of like over on the left hand side of the goal as well and so he had to he had to sort of scoot back over and just for him to make himself so big and like you know, it just smashed off his chest. It was just, it was just his positioning, wasn't it? So effectively, that that, yeah. that save. But that cross came in. You were like, oh, it's a goal. It's a goal all day long. But with Emmy Martinez, you go, you never, you never quite know, do you? And I think, um, yeah, I just, it's, it's those sort of, it's those sort of moments. That's why you have a world class goalkeeper. It's those sort of game changing moments that you're looking for in your big players. And and that's what Martinez is. He's. Uh, He's no, he's, he's without any shadow of a doubt, either our best player or, or or he's up there. I mean, you know, you're not just a World Cup winner for for no reason, are you? And he's just come back, and uh, yeah, he's just shown he's shown shown us all why why he's such a great goalkeeper. And yeah, it's a pleasure to have him on board, really. But that save was just incredible. It was one of the best saves I think I've seen live, if I'm being honest, from a Villa goalkeeper. So yeah, what a save! And uh, how nice is it to talk about. Uh, a great performance from a goalkeeper for once. <laughs> don't start that. Don't mention his name on the podcast. Hopefully we don't have to see him. Well, I'm not going to say ever again, but maybe for this season if Martinez stays fit. But hey-ho. But yeah, you talk about moments, big players, big moments. Absolutely unbelievable save. And you're right, that was a really, really important stage in the match, wasn't it? Just before half-time. I think it just ticking over on the 45 when he made that save. And then uh, a little bit late. I think there was seven minutes added time, wasn't there? So that was a really sticky period. I think it was so important that Villa got in at 1-0 because I think it was it, obviously it's the cliche but it would have been a totally totally different game if Leeds would have equalised then um, Leeds obviously had a VAR goal disallowed as well didn't they I think it was a fairly obvious one in the end um, with Rodrigo being offside and then play goes on for a little bit and then he sort of flicks it in with his studs but yeah it was so important we got in at 1-0 wasn't it because that just calms everybody down and we can go again for the second half We, we did okay but uh, I thought our ball possession wasn't brilliant in the first half and I felt we gave the ball away far too many times and uh, we were putting pressure on ourselves really by doing that by getting in at half time that obviously allowed Emery to you know talk talk with the team and 
we came out and our possession was so much better in the second half. It helped us, it helped us massively to sort of see out the game and extend our lead in the second half. And uh, so, yeah, it was a key moment. That Martin save was an absolute key moment in the game. I don't think Leeds were exceptional on the night. I thought they were okay and they had spells. They didn't really, apart from one or two Martinez saves, obviously like the one we talked about and a couple of others, I don't think they had to, you know, they didn't cause him too, too many issues. I think that's sort of Emery's game plan to a T, isn't it? I think on average since he's been at Villa, we've got an average of 44% of the ball. Saw it at Tottenham. We didn't really have too much of the ball in the first half. Come out second half, win the game. Happy days. Um, I just think that's sort of his vibe, isn't it? Low possession, hit them on the counters. And obviously that first goal sums it up brilliantly. But do you think that's sort of what he's trying to implement? That's what his game style is? You know, we can have our spells in the game, um, but not too many. But just hit teams on the counters. We, we don't care if they have the ball too much as long as we sort of defend well when they do get in that sort of final third for them and and you know sort ourselves out but yeah low possession might but for me that's not too much of an issue is it as long as we we defend well and sort ourselves out I think he'd like to have more possession um but I think it's a work in progress obviously he's took over a team who, who were really struggling in the league and so you're not going to transform us into you know, a team who has ridiculous possession stats overnight. And so yeah. it's a work in progress. And so we have to do what we can do to sort of win games at the moment, which is fine. But I think Emery in the future will look for us to be a lot more comfortable on the ball. I mean, we've got the players to do it in Kamara, Louise, etc. But I think some of the other players need to sort of up, up their ante with that as well, including including the defence and uh, even up front in terms of holding the ball up and choosing the right moments and, um, you know, right moments to pass the ball, right moments to cross the ball and stuff. And so... Um, I think it will come in time in terms of possession. I do. I think it's a work in progress. Um, but in terms of in terms of um, in terms of how Leeds played, I, I thought they were I thought they were they were quite vibrant, which Leeds usually are. They're quite in your face, and it made for quite a you know sort of a sort of a robust sort of fiery sort of game, didn't it? But I, I thought we defended quite well. I don't think we gave up that many chances. I mean, they talk about the Martinez save. That was one which was just really great play by Leeds. Um, and then we talked about the one when Moreno sort of played one side and we saved it on the line. Apart from that, and apart from the, the the goal in the second half by Bamford, I don't think Leeds had that. I don't think really Leeds had anything else really. And I think, mm. and I think, and I think we defended quite well and um, against against a tough side to play against. I, I always say that. I think there are. I always think Leeds are a tough side to play against because they try and involve you in like a game of basketball. Leeds do because if they do that, that's where they can hit you because they are good at going forward usually. Um, and obviously, it was a good tussle between uh, Ashley Young and, and, and the young lad on the wing for Leeds. Again, we talk about it a lot under Emery, but I thought tactically we got it spot on the other night. We didn't open ourselves up too much at all. We defended very well, and then yeah, we used we hit Leeds on the counter for that first goal, and and yeah, and obviously grabbed the second. And so I thought we got it spot on. It wasn't um, it wasn't a vintage performance by us by any stretch of the imagination, but um, they they can't all be. And I think the key thing is for for us is that. We're picking up points when we're not playing absolutely brilliantly, and I think yeah. I think that's so important. I think you think about the two home games against Wolves and and Leeds on Friday. We weren't great. We weren't great in either of them, but we picked up four points out of six, and that's really important for you for you to be a top half team and a team looking to get to that next uh, sort of stage. I think. Uh, Picking up points when you're not playing so well is is really important, and, and that's what the and that's what the top teams do. And so, Emery's trying clearly to inst- to instill that in the squad. Um, and so far, so good. It's working. That Leeds want you to play their way in terms yeah. of that basketball style, and I thought we were very very disciplined in not buying into that too much. Um, I thought we did well, and we sort of yeah, like I said, we were very very disciplined. And talk about 
seeing a system, it's nice, so nice and so refreshing for us to see from the stands what we're trying to do. Talking about the possession, the counter-attacks and playing out from the back as well. Because I think in the upper hole, we're not used to it playing out from the back a little bit and there was moans when we were sort of slowing it down and passing it in slightly awkward uh, areas that made people a little bit nervous but I thought we were okay at playing out from the back and really really good at times against Leeds and it is getting better you can see it's getting better and it is a slow uh, slow process and it will take time and it will get better over time but I think we almost created a really good goal from it as well I think it was towards the end of the game Danny Ings had a one-on-one but playing out from the back it is getting better and it is getting there and we saw from that um, beyond closed doors training session didn't we in Dubai that that's that's really really what they're trying to do and you can see that as well and it is clear that we are getting there as well isn't it yeah and to be honest with you I thought we looked really comfortable with it the other night I didn't I don't think there was many moments when I thought oh my god what are they doing there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, screams and shouts around by uh, around by where we were sitting just Villa uh, fans isn't it though it's not yeah but yeah but we need to calm down with it though because people have got to realize that this is the manager's style. This is what he wants to implement in the team. And this, this, this is what gets me. Pe- people moan if we launch it as well. So sometimes yeah, there's no winning. <laughs> no, of course. And you get people shouting stupid remarks, you know, just, you know, kick it and, you know, win it. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? You know, and so I just, <laughs> it always aggravates me. But I don't, I think that that anxiety that the fans can give off, especially in terms of playing it out from the back, can have an impact on the team so much. And I just think, look, this is the style that the manager wants us to implement. The players are trying to do it. And the players were fairly successful at doing it the other night. And I think it it helps with having a good ball player in goal in Martinez. I think he's he's very good at his feet, uh, I I think. And um, and, but yeah, I don't there was there wasn't many times when I thought you know, oh, we look like we're gonna, you know, pass the ball to the opposition and give away a goal the other night. It wasn't. Um, I think if the only thing I was gonna say about it is that there's a, there's times when you need it to be a little bit quicker. I think mm-hmm. there's times when the ball goes out to like a centre half or the fullback, and we take an absolute age on it, and then I suppose that's what brings on the anxiety to we people. And it's a bit like you know, if you're a bit quicker, maybe that anxiety wouldn't be there from fans, but. Fans really do need to start getting used to it because this isn't going anywhere. This is this is how it's going to be now going forward, um, and I think we've got to just back it and we've got to, you know, it, it's 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 surely it's better to watch surely rather than hoof. Well, why would we hoof it? We haven't got we we haven't got a target man up there. I mean, every time we did hoof it, which wasn't very very often, it was Emmy Brendier trying to win the header. And, and what well, what's the point? If you've got a team when you've got a massive striker up there like a John Carew or a Peter Crouch or a Dion Dublin, then. Fair enough, but we haven't, you know, we've we had we had Watkins for a bit and then we had Ings on and we were aiming the ball for Brendia, so when we were kicking it along, so and it was coming back every time. But I just think fans need to get used to it. Um, and it might take a little bit of time. We haven't I suppose we haven't been used to it. We've I don't remember the last time we had a real ball ball sort of playing sort of manager in that sort of style. We had stages under Smith, I suppose, and uh, and that, but not on the whole, really. So, yeah, maybe it'll take a little bit of time. But I just say to the fans, just try and trust the players a little bit because they are they are practicing this in training. And you know, we were in Dubai when we watched Emery go over that same drill about sixty or seventy times until we got it right. Um, and it's you know, I think I think you know the players are working on it. I'm sure the players, you know, know what they're doing. They have faith in the manager to to implement that. And I think the manager's got faith in the players to execute it as well. And so. I think we as fans need to have that little bit of faith as well. So, yeah, a few less shouts in terms of getting the ball up the field would, would do really nicely for me. Tell you what, mate, you talk about a Buendia header. 2-0. Buendia header, absolutely happy days. It comes from Leon Bailey, of course, and one of them driving runs that he has. And he sort of has that trademark sort of skip in on his left foot, doesn't he? He has a shot. I think it might take a little deflection. Obviously, Melier makes a save and Buendia's 
there. Gets ruled out initially, but he's he's nowhere near offside. If anything, he's in line. So two 0 and I think I said in the video that that's game over. I think that was the drink talking. So I think Leeds still sort of had a couple, a bit of a threat. But yeah, 2-0, I think that's really, really what we needed. I said to a couple of lads I was speaking to at half-time that, you know, 1-0, a little bit nervy. Lee's have a couple of chances. If we get the next goal, I think that says volumes. And it, it was it was fairly comfortable towards the end, wasn't it? And we got we got over the line. See, the Brendan goal was a weird one for me because sitting in the North Stand, sitting directly behind that goal, um, when obviously, because it happened so quick, and I'm assuming this is what the linesman sort of saw as well, because it happened so quick, it looked like how how was Brendan not offside? It just looked like he was far. He was too far forward for for him not to be offside. I turn I turn around to uh, to to Tom who was sitting behind me, and I said, "I'm sure he's offside. Here. I'm sure he's offside." And then when they were checking it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be real. This is definitely going to stay as ruled out." This is. Um, and then when they showed it on the big screen, they were showing Danny Ings offside. And I think that's what the linesman saw, if I'm being honest. Um, but it, just because it happened so quick. And yeah, to be fair, I thought it was offside as well. So so to be fair to the linesman, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rip him to shreds this week. So Me and you um, hate linesmen, don't we? But fair play. Yeah, but fair play, I thought it was offside as well that time. And no, but when you see the replays, uh, He's he's yeah. well onside, and it was it was just the just the speed of the shot and, and what happened afterwards. I think that's what it did. That's what did it. But yeah, it was a a real again a really good time to score really as well. Mm. Um, and it you know we, we we were comfortable, we were comfortable really, and yeah, we do the usual Villa thing. I think Ashley Young was trying to win a free a very soft free kick, and then uh, he didn't get that given, and then uh, San San sort of sort of got sort of got spinned, and just the ball went in. It was an easy finish for Bamford, who does like a goal against us, but. I've got to say, uh, again, I don't think Leeds did a massive amount after that goal, though I thought they were going to absolutely sort of put the pressure on us then. And we, you know, no Villa were passed, we could have crumbled, but they didn't really. I think there was that free kick towards the end, which uh, which we, which Mings managed to clear over the bar for a corner. Um, and then there was the the, uh, the, the subsequent uh, corner, wasn't it, when... And when we managed to to get that clear as well, but there was no massive threat. I didn't feel. I, I never. I never sat there thinking, "Are we gonna? Are we gonna let this slip?" To be honest, I, I thought we were overall quite comfortable. To be honest. Talking about a Buendia header, I actually um, remember in the last couple of years, one of the best headers I've seen scored by Villa was scored by Buendia. Do you remember where that was? Yeah, it was at Everton. When we won one what a header that was. Near post. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So nice to see him back on the score sheet as well. And it's nice to see him getting that little bit of confidence back, isn't it? And like I touched on earlier, that running the team with Buendia because he's had that sort of tussle with Coutinho. And whilst Coutinho's not performing and not playing as much, it's nice to see Buendia getting up to speed, isn't it? And he's finding his feet a little bit, which I'm really, really happy with because I haven't been his biggest fan in the last couple of months I, have, I think he's been a little bit disappointing but hopefully he gets a little bit of confidence with that and hopefully he takes that going forward so I'm, I'm happy with Wendy and I think he's been decent in the last couple of games for me he's improving he's improving slowly and I think the key thing is we, we need Wendy he's really he's really vital for us and obviously we spent a lot of money on him he's, he's our record signing um, and so we do expect you know some some sort of delivery and so yeah to see him back on the score sheet is brilliant and uh, yeah hopefully he can take this confidence forward and I think he should take a lot of confidence out of you know after Emery's come in and he's he's been the first you know first man on the team sheet really as far as Emery's concerned I mean under under Gerard he was struggling to get in because Coutinho was the was the favoured choice but Emery's come in and Brendy has been the, been the number one choice for that role really and so he should take a lot of confidence away from that and uh, hopefully he goes from strength to strength it would be lovely to see him get on the score sheet more and and get more assists because that's exactly what we need out of Emery Brendy if we're going to be if we're going to be successful 
I think Brendan is going to have a have a quite a big role to play in it. Probably one of my favourite bits from that goal was the Unai Emery reaction on the bench, fist pump after fist pump. He mm. absolutely loved that, and it's so nice to see his passion. And talking of Unai Emery, that Instagram post that he did, um, looking out onto the pitch at Villa Park, the caption was, "If anyone hasn't seen it, Villa Park at midnight after a tough battle. I was thinking that this is really a home, not only a stadium. After the loss in the FA Cup, our fans welcomed us with full confidence and unconditional support. It was one of the keys for this win against a very good opponent." We are building a team and it's easier to do if we feel this positive energy that every single fan of Villa Park is giving us. Players are totally committed with this club. They are working hard. We are Aston Villa. We are stronger together. A family. Hashtag up the Villa addiction. Mate, I don't know about the players. I'd run through a brick wall for this man. I absolutely love that when I saw that on Saturday morning. Do you know what? He's all in, isn't he? He's absolutely all in. I was reading an interview that Sky Sports did with him. Um, I think it, um, I think it was going out pre-game on... I don't know if it was a video, whether it was just text, but it went out pre-game on Friday before Leeds and um, just his attention to detail and his, you know, how he is. I was reading that, you know, he was talking about how, you know, his life is literally, you know, he's at Buddymore Heath and he's at Buddymore Heath until 11, 12 o'clock on the night and then he's then in a taxi straight back to his hotel around the corner from Buddymore Heath and the following morning he's back to Buddymore Heath again and I think the question was put to him, you know, do you do, do you do more than other managers do in terms of, you know, working on tactics and, uh, stuff like that and he said maybe I do he said but I really liked his comment after it he said that he said if you want to be if you want to succeed and stay in this job you need to put the hours in and I, and I, and I love that because that just shows his dedication to the cause and um, and also posts like that on Instagram it's such a small thing and, but I think he's using social media in such a such a good way he's he's he's, he's getting credit in the bank with the supporters just for being how how open he is and how nice he is as well. How He just seems like a lovely bloke, doesn't he? I mean, we met him in Dubai and he was really sort of amenable to the fans and meeting us and with a smile on his face and having pictures, and which was great. Um, and and even like last week when we lost to Stevenage, it was the whole, on Villa TV's interview, we like looked straight in the camera and apologised to the Villa fans. And that takes a lot of guts for a manager, that does. It does mm. take a lot of guts. And so everything about him, how we're playing, our tactics, how he changes things, how he is with the supporters, his little posts on social media, all the interviews that are coming out of out of the media in terms of how hard he's working at Bodymore Heath. And you hear the players say it, don't they? They talk about how long the meetings are um, with him, like the tactical analysis meetings. And what he said was, as one of his interview, Emery, he said that after a game, he'll go back alone and he'll he'll study he'll study the game for a, a good a good three hours or so after the game. And he says he does that to sort of make these meetings a little a little less long for the players. But then he says, but I find it really important to, to bring the players in and have an hour or an hour and a half or two hours with them and, you know, drill down on the really little bits that we need to focus on with individual players. And some players might think that is, you know, boring. And I think there was a there was a story at one point when a player for when he was at Sevilla, a player at Sevilla actually fell asleep in one of his meetings and it went on for that long. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's great. And I think you yeah, I think there's been a few interviews like Mings and McGinn and Conza who are all talking about these meetings. But it yeah. seems like these Villa players needed it, though. Um, there was also a suggestion in this in, in this article about how Gerard used to sort of tell them what tactics he wanted to play, but he never used to tell them how to actually play those tactics. And so the players were just sort of, you know, given free reign to sort of, you know, carry out the tactics. But we don't actually know what tools we have to use to actually carry out these tactics. Um, and so, do you know what? It's like a different world, isn't it, to have him in charge? Um and I'm loving it. I, I and, and I and I think I said to you the other day, it matters. To, I think it matters to me. I think it matters to a lot of Villa fans that the manager is a nice guy, and he's and he you know he builds up a relationship with the fans because his, history shows you that if you build up a relationship with the Villa fans, 
you usually have a decent spell. I mean, you look at the the managers that that did that. You know, you look at Brian Little, John Gregory, um, Martin O'Neill in the first instance, and then Dean Smith. You know, and Steve Steve Bruce at the very beginning. You know, if you have a good relationship with the fans. Usually your, your spell's pretty decent at Villa. If you don't, like a Gerard or a David O'Leary, it doesn't it doesn't tend to go so well. When it does start going a little bit south, that it give, it just buys you that little bit more time, Does. doesn't it? Because yeah. when Gerard started losing one, two, three games, and it just gave the fans a little bit more ammo, didn't it, to just hammer mm. him, and, and, and rightly so. And we we said when Gerard was in charge that you know I don't mind having a a bloke who's not that connected to the fans or doesn't say thank you to the fans after every game or runs down the tunnel after after every game. We don't care about that as long as he wins football matches and he didn't do that. And like I said, if, if it does go a little bit south, we win, we lose two or three games on the bounce, it just settles everyone down a little bit and gives him that little bit more credit in the bank. And I think that is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. As I said that at the time, we were playing terribly on the field under Gerard, but I think if he had a little bit more credit in the bank, he wouldn't have been sacked right at that Fulham game, if you ask mm. me. Um, and I think you look back to a year before when uh, Dean Smith was sacked and we, we were on a really bad run. We lost five in a row. We were there at Southampton away when, when that was that ended up being Dean Smith's last game. And yet all the Villa fans that day were still singing his name, you know, singing Dino. I remember singing it at the pub. I remember singing it at the pub before the game, Dean Smith's current Blue Army. Yeah. And not once, and not once did Villa fans turn against Dean Smith. Um, nah. And and you know what? A lot of people would say, "Oh, that's because he was a Villa fan." But I disagree with that. I think it, it's all it, that was part of it. But I think there's an element to it where everyone knew he was such a nice guy, and he never went to war with the supporters at Villa. He never he never went to war with any of the players, and or went to war with any of the reporters that were just doing their job reporting on the club. And so I do think it's important. People will say, "Well, why is it important? I don't have to be their mate." So, you know, it, 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 he's just the manager. I just wanted to win games. But I do think it's more than that, though. I think I think you, cl- you you want your club to be a little bit more warm, warm-hearted than that. And for me, I I think it's important. And I think it's it's good to have sort of both sides of that, though. Like you can have a nice manager, for example, Dean Smith, but you've also got to have that side to you that is on the pitch mm. a little bit nasty. And I think Unai Emery's got that. He's adaptable. We saw it at the end of the Brighton game. A little bit of shit houseery, whatever. The atmosphere was really good on Friday night. I thought as well, absolutely fantastic. And I think this Unai Emery's current Blue Army song that seems to go on for 10, 15, 20 minutes. I think that's a new thing, and I absolutely love that. I think that was a brilliant feel after the game as well of all the players hugging and Unai, Unai Emery in that Instagram post talking about Villa being a family and that's sort of the culture that he wants to create and you could see that on the pitch couldn't you at full time all the players embracing just feels good doesn't it and I know know that's like sort of funny to say after what the podcast was last week after that Stevenage game but it's it's all a process isn't it mate it's going to take time but it's it's so good to see and so encouraging for sure like I said to you last week I think it's it's a common thing that happens Premier League teams you know change the teams and they you know make eight or nine changes to a team and then we get sort of shocked and get beaten by a lower league side. But, you know, you sort of recover and, and go again in the league and we come back to our form. Like, I mean, look at Newcastle. I mean, they did the same. They lost at Sheffield Wednesday. And yet they've come back and they're absolutely still steamrolling people and they're at the top of the, you know, mm. towards the top of the Premier League. And so, look, it happens. It happens and it was disappointing and I still feel disappointed by it because it was a good opportunity for us. But it is what it is and you can only move on now. You can only concentrate on what's in front of you and that's what we did on Friday and we're sort of looking up the league rather than behind us, which yeah. is so welcome, isn't it? It just calms you down, doesn't it? That anxiety of looking down. And tell you what, the Premier League table is a joke at the moment, by the way. It's so tight down there. Yeah. So, so tight. There's only a couple of points in it. It seems to change week in, week out, but it's nice to just be in that mid-table obscurity as it stands and you're right, we are looking up. But courtesy of AVSC Stato, do you want to hear the wild stat of the week? Yeah, go for it. 
No Premier League manager has earned more points in their first 18 games at a club than John Gregory did as Aston Villa manager. That is mad. I didn't even know. I did not know. I didn't know that he started that well at Aston Villa, John Gregory. Absolutely unbelievable. I, I, it, was, it was a little bit before my time, but I remember reading John Gregory's autobiography. Uh, and he came in at a really bad time. I think, I'm sure he took over and Villa were like... Villa were like 16th or 17th, I'm sure they were. They were in the, They got to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup just before Brian Little left. And, but they were on a terrible run of form in the Premier League. I'm sure they were 16th or 17th. Gregory took over. He beat Liverpool in his first game in charge, uh, 2-1 at Villa Park. And then, yeah, we just went on an absolute mad run. And we ended up finishing 6th, uh, I believe, that season. Um, and, we, yeah, we got knocked out in the quarterfinal against Atletico Madrid. But, uh, yeah. And then we started incredibly the following season as well. We were top of the league by October, I think he was. Um so yeah, John Gregory had an incredible start to life as Villa manager. Yeah, he, he really did, and and he he's another one. When you talk about good relationship with supporters, he was another one. He just got he just got he just got the club, and everyone and everyone loved him for it. Love it, and just for context as well, John Gregory got forty seven points from eighteen games. That's exactly what Arsenal have got now, and they are top of the Premier League by some distance mm. as well. So that just mm. tells you how how good that form was. Absolutely yeah. unreal. So big shout out to uh, AVFC Stato. Whenever I do do stats on this podcast, it is usually from him because he is a joke when it comes to stats. But um, just a bit of uh, rounding up Villa news then. Today, news came out that uh, Kane Kessler-Hayden coming back from uh, Huddersfield. He only made 14 appearances for Huddersfield this season at right back. Then they've signed Matt Lowton, which is a completely random one. Uh, struggling down there at the bottom of the championship. Obviously, we've seen a few players come back from loan, haven't we, uh, this January. But the latest one is Kane Kessler-Hayden. We are a little bit light at right back. Probably don't see him having a massive part in the first team. If anything, it might be another loan out somewhere where he gets a few more minutes than he did towards the end of his spell at Huddersfield. But yeah, another another one coming back. Probably another loan and that'll do him some good. It was a strange one with uh, Kesler Hayden though, because he started really well at Huddersfield. And then they had that real dip in the middle when he mm. didn't play for a while. Uh, and then he has come in back you know, over the last month or so. But yeah, I read that uh, statement from Huddersfield. We were talking about how... They brought Matt Lowton and they're obviously looking for that bit of experience because they are struggling down at the bottom of the league. And so you can see why they've done it and they want to free the loan space up for a more attacking player, I believe. So, yeah, but hopefully he'll get another loan deal because, you know, he was he was really bright, wasn't he? And he was really good at Swindon. And, um, Highly rated good. as well. Yeah, and he, and he looked good in pre-season for us, to be fair to him. And so mm. you hope he gets another loan span and he sort of kicks on because he could be one... He could be one who sort of does get in and around the, the side, really, because we haven't got that many options at right back, and so it might be a chance for Kesler Hayden if you can have a if you can have a strong second half of the season, if you can get another club, um, he might be able to sort you know push his way in, in into pre season again and see what see what he can do to impress the manager. I remember we had that game in uh, I think Swindon had Man City in the FA Cup and Kesler Hayden I think got man of the match that night. I remember watching mm. it as well. He was absolutely exceptional. Another player who's come back from loan. Courtney Hawes from Watford. Guess how many play? Uh, guess how many games he played for them? Oh, it weren't many, was it? Was it like a handful? Like six, three? <laughs> yeah, I knew it was a handful. He's had he had injuries though. I think like, he wasn't oh, because he, yeah, he wasn't because he wasn't picked. It was because he'd uh, he picked up an injury uh, very very early on, which is not a surprise. Is it? I mean, Courtney Hawes' favourite position was always the treatment table, and so <laughs> yeah, so he's come back to us and he'll be doing his rehab and. Yeah, I think he'll be moving on. Weird though, he did sign that new deal, didn't they? Do you remember? It was like, yeah, it like that this... was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? Wasn't it like this time last year? He signed like a new contract. Yeah, recent. Yeah, it was weird that was. And so you wonder what'll happen with him. But I mean, you can't see him being involved, can you? I mean, with Carlos coming back, and I think I said the other week, I'd expect Embry to probably move for a centre half in in the summer anyway. And so 
I don't think he'll be a part of it, if I'm being honest. Quick word on Southampton then. That's our next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock, away trip to, South- away trip to Southampton. Um, I've been there a couple of times, never seen us win. I mean, no matter how bad Southampton are, we never seem to win down there. Now they are sat 20th in the league, um, but they've won their last three games. I think I, I watched their game uh, last week against Man City in the League Cup where they beat them, and they were really good, you know. So I'm a little bit worried. Obviously, Nathan Jones going in there, still early in his uh, reign at Southampton, but they're still 20th and if we're serious we've got to be going there expecting a win haven't we yeah and they have and they have uh, recovered a bit this last week obviously they won in the FA Cup and then they beat City and then they had a good win at a very toxic Goodison Park uh, yesterday um, and so it'll be a tough game because they'll have a little bit of momentum behind them um, but if we play how we know we can play um, and I think Emery will go there again with a game plan to sort of probably sit a little bit deep and to sort of hit them on the counter and to, you know, hit them where it really matters. And I think, yeah, I, I think, I think it'd be good if we, if we could avoid defeat, I think, you know, you'd, you'd take that as a, as a decent sort of point or, or a win, obviously, ideally, but um, it's a tough game. I don't think any, I don't think any game in the Premier League isn't tough to be honest these days, but I think, yeah, it's a tough game, but I've, I, I've got a confidence that, that, that we'll go there and, and put in a performance. I'll just get horrible flashbacks of Pepe Reina running the length of the pitch and then us conceding it going to 2 0. When was that? Yeah. Was that just before just before COVID? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, he had it a couple was. of mad moments, didn't he, Pepe Reina? <laughs> it was a similar thing in the Leicester away game. I mean, uh, lost 4 0, but that was a horrible afternoon. It was. And Saint, I think you just mentioned it, but St. Mary's is just not a happy hunting ground at all. No. Like, I, think I've been, I think I've seen one win there and it was. Oh god, it was it was a long time ago. When again, when I was I was about ten, I think it was, and uh, we won three two there under David O'Leary and Carlton Cole had an absolute blinder. I remember that we were t- I'm sure we were two 0 down at half time and we won three two. Um, so that was the only ever time I've seen us win at St Mary's, and the, and I've actually been to St Mary's probably the most out of all the Premier League grounds, I'd say. <laughs> and so it's uh, it's not a happy hunting ground. So hopefully we can. Hopefully we can turn that around on Saturday. No, the the six one game. It was a six one in the end. The Sadio Mane oh, game. That yeah. just makes me feel physically, physically sick. There was a recent win there. I don't know if you went. I think it might have been a midweek game. We did we win three two when Agbonla yeah. scored and Delft scored that absolute rocket. Yeah, Kozak scored as well with that header. Oh, no, I didn't. God. I didn't go to that one. I didn't go to. I remember watching it on a dodgy stream in, in in my living room back at my parents' house. Um, I remember it stuttering just before Kozak headed it, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then uh, and then it came back <laughs> on and we scored. So yeah, the the days are proper proper dodgy streams. So um, what do you mean the you, you still love a dodgy stream? Don't lie. I know you. Well, no comment there because with with the <laughs> with the authorities coming out in the last week or so, oh, they're going to be through your front door, aren't they? There is absolutely no comment coming from me about dodgy streams. So yeah. <laughs> now, but looking at the league table, I think it's important that we do keep this good run that we're on going. So I think um, we are sort of in that no man's land at the moment. Not that I'm complaining, but we're 11th at the moment. Crystal Palace are just below us, three points below us. Chelsea above us with 28 points. And then you've got Liverpool above them. Brentford, Brighton and Fulham. They're just annoying me, those three. They're so, so annoying. Can I think towards the end of the season, one or two of them might fall away. But at the moment, it just doesn't look that way, does it? Those teams just keep winning. Yeah, you've got to give credit to them. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Bright- yeah. I mean, Brighton in particular I mean losing their manager who everyone absolutely loved in Potter and then their quick turnaround and they get a manager that let's be honest no one probably heard of and he's just come in and well he seems like he's even better than Potter at the moment doesn't it um, yeah. and he's actually taken them sort of from strength to strength so oh full credit to Brighton did you see that goal from Welbeck yesterday that was oh what in the Gascoigne was that yeah he oh, wasn't really? quite Gascoigne he was a bit close to the goal <laughs> wasn't it I heard it on um 
when, when, that was it. I saw it on like a live. Like I was in a pub last night in Birmingham, and uh, I saw it on like a live commentary thing going on. Oh, it was just like the Paul Gascoigne goal. And I was thinking, was not it? quite. I, no, I saw it on Match of the Day this morning, and uh, it wasn't. It wasn't quite Paul Gascoigne, but it was a very, very good goal. I'll tell you what, though, for his first Premier League goal of the season, fair play to Danny Welbeck. Yeah, and that's it. You see, like that. That's it. Brighton have picked up these players like Welbeck on a free and. They, they seem crazy. to do the business for them, and they've got like Sully March. You think everyone, everyone thinks like, oh yeah, who's that? Is he just? He loves the goal know, against but, the Villa, though he does. <laughs> but yeah, he's like cracky little player, and so you got to give credit to Brighton. And then yeah, you're right, Brentford and Fulham as well. Fulham took me by surprise. Yeah. I mean, Fulham were one of my Fulham were one of my picks for relegation, so I got that horribly wrong. Um, and uh, and yeah, Brentford. I mean, you look at Brentford's team and you think, where's this coming from? Man. Like they don't look they don't look very strong on paper, do they? But yeah, again, Thomas Frank doing a brilliant job. But let's hope one or two of them do fall away. And so if we keep improving, let's hope we can overtake one of these before the end of the season. That, that's a sign of what a good culture a football club can do. It's not all about just absolutely throwing money at the situation, which Villa have been guilty of. Absolutely not. That's what a family feel. That's what a group mentality can do at a football club. If you haven't got the best footballers on the planet, that's what it can do. So I will just say again, hashtag up the Villa addiction. Big up Unai Emery. I'm still absolutely buzzing after the weekend and I'm excited for Southampton, mate. It feels like a good while, doesn't it, since it's an away day. I think it was Tottenham, wasn't it, the last one? But it'll be good to be back on the road. I'm looking forward to getting to St. Mary's. But any final words, mate? I'm in a good mood. It's so, so nice that Villa just put you in a good mood. I'm, I'm buzzing. It is, and I think a home win is just... I hate losing at home. I think it's... it's Yeah, I really, really dislike losing at home. And so a Villa win at home just sets, you know, it just sets your weekend up nicely. If it's on a Friday, and yeah, you're just able to... Able to sort of kick back and enjoy the weekend, which uh, which which has happened, and so yeah, going into a new week, quite um, quite positive, and yeah, looking forward to Saturday's away match. Yeah, really really looking forward to it. Lovely stuff. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review. Uh, really do appreciate it. Thank you for the support on this podcast. Please do subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on, so you never miss an episode. And, and until Southampton, I hope you all have a fantastic week, and I shall see you then. Up the villa.